You are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and I am here with my co-host, Lisa Clark, and we are honored to be in your car in your home, in your living room, at work, wherever you find yourself listening to this podcast, we are thrilled that you are taking time out of your day in order to be with us. And we have gotten feedback that our listeners love when we just go through a book of the Bible. Right, Lisa? That's right. I mean, I don't know that we get more feedback than when we study God's word together, which isn't the way way it should be. be. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Chrissy. I agree. And you and I really look forward to it as well, because we learn so much and gain new truths when we study God's word. And at the core, that's who we are. We are Bible study girls. We love Bible study. We love teaching the Bible. We love studying, We love talking about it. So kind of kind of works all all the way around. All the things, all the things, all the things. So we are going to do our next couple of podcasts, maybe three. We don't know. We're just going to see what the Lord does here. We are going to go through first John, second John and third John. And we are both church girls and we both love fellowship with believers. Like she said, love the word of God. And that's what these are about. He's reminding them to love people the way um, that we love God. And that way people know you're a believer and that you belong to him. Um, That's kind of what he repeats over and over and over. I love it. I love it. There's some repetition for sure. Really wants you to get. So as our tradition is, Lisa is going to start us with in a nutshell. Yeah. uh, So I love the Holman New Testament commentary newsflash, and we've been using this, so we'll be fine, but I don't think it's in print anymore. (gasps) I know. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So bummed, but there's a lot of good commentary. There's so many, so many, and especially, I mean, even study light and all of the good ones. I just like this because we've got the full set. It's so accessible. Every book is so good. And the way they divide it up and like on this one, when you, when you're talking about first John, it gives you some of the fun facts. Okay. So let's talk about it for a minute. This, these letters, first, second, third John were sent to the Christians in Ephesus, which Chrissy, you and I've been yes. to Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey. We always think about what, when we think about Turkey rugs, the rugs, <laughs> the rugs that our husbands had to sit through rug after rug after rug presentation. And there was no way my husband was buying a rug. There was no way your husband was buying a rug, but we still sat through the, <laughs> through the presentation. Oh my gosh. But some of our friends got some beautiful rugs. Some friends got some rugs. And we did learn a lot about how they make those rugs. We really did. It was really interesting, I thought. Okay. So uh, we think it was written sometime between 60 AD and 65 AD. 
just like Chrissy said, was written to encourage and strengthen the believers in the churches in their Christian life. He loves to use the themes of light and darkness being light means good and truth and darkness mean bad and falsehood. So we'll be talking about that a little bit more focusing on the love of God uh, and emphasizing the love, basically the evidence of love. And that is commands, the commands of God, obeying God's commands. He refutes false teachers all through this. And he talks about uh, Gnosticism, which was that the spirit was good and the flesh was bad. And there's even false prophets and we'll, teachers will we'll talk about that in a minute, but they were Gnosticists basically saying that Jesus really wasn't in the flesh. He was just a spirit. So we know that's not true. And that um, the other falsehoods were that docetism was another one um, that he only appeared to have a physical body, um, but there wasn't a spirit like his humanity was not real. I don't know what that one's called. Do- docetism, I guess. Highly personal letter in that he talks about his the you know his children. He referred to the church as his children, which makes it so personal. And I've got just so many thoughts on that as we study this. Uh, written by the Apostle John, which we know is the beloved apostle, the son one of the sons of Zebedee. So he was half of the sons of thunder. James being the other half of that. He was a follower of John the Baptist before Jesus came on the scene. He also wrote the gospel of John. And we also know he wrote the book of Revelation. So that's right. Very interesting. You know, another fun fact about John that I love is what? that Jesus wanted him to take care of his mother. Yeah. I love when that. He died. Yeah. yeah. So that's special. John was a very special person. He was, Jesus. he was. Okay. So here we are in a nutshell with chapter one. We proclaim truth to you about the word of life, truth that we have heard, seen, and touched. God is light without any darkness, and his children should walk in light, not darkness. However, when we do sin and then confess our sin, God will forgive us and restore us to his fellowship. Beautiful picture. Yes. And we fail him over and over. Yeah, we do. There's a lot of talk about sin in here and can be pretty confusing. Yes. You know, can be yes. pretty confusing, but okay. So Chrissy, why don't you get us started uh, by reading the first nine verses? Okay. I sure will. So I'm reading from first John and I'm going to read, um, I'll just read the first 10 verses, which is chapter one. Perfect. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed And we have seen it and we testify and we declare to you the eternal life that was with the father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. 
If we say we have not sinned, we have made him a liar and his word is not in us. To me, one thing I wrote down is he talks about the word of life and the word of life is Jesus. Like that is what life is. So the word of life, Jesus must be central in our life. And this is where joy comes from. People want to know, how can I be joyful? How can I find joy in this situation? Well, it all comes from the light, which is Jesus. And an interesting thing that I learned last week, Lisa, in my new Bible study is that, and this makes total sense, is that the Greeks back in the Bible days, and maybe even today, they are more interested in knowledge. The Romans were very interested in power, but the Hebrew people were interested in the light. And the light was Jesus. The light was God. And they knew that. So their children learned the Torah. That's why they lived the life they lived, because that's where the joy was, that the word of God is the light. So that joy comes from having fellowship with him, having love through love other people through him and to have this peace that everyone seems to be looking for. And just in this first 10 sentences that were, you know, they're long run on sentences. If an English teacher read this, yeah. but there, there is never a substitute for your plans. The word Jesus has a plan for your life. There's a song on the radio. You've got plans for me. And I love that song because it says, you've got plans for me. I I can't even, I don't even know what the plans are, but you have plans for me. And I need to keep my eyes on you. I need to keep my eyes on the light. And the plan basically is to love people and love the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's the plan. Mm -hmm. And so he's reminding us in these verses, he's reminding this church, what you have seen and heard, I'm declaring back to you that you may also have fellowship with us with us being Jesus and the father and that I'm writing these things so that your joy may be complete. In other words, I'm reminding you that you're going to experience the fullness of joy when you are in full fellowship with Jesus. And then from verse five on in this chapter, he talks about what that fellowship looks like. You know, if you're in the light, then you have fellowship. And you're going to have fellowship with one another. If you have sin, confess it. He's faithful to forgive it. And, you know, you're going to move on. But if you have not sinned, you're making him out to be a liar because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So there's truth upon truth. You know, you you find truth and in other parts of the Bible, it explains it again. It always says, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us from the very beginning, none of us are perfect. When Eve made that choice, we are not perfect. We never will be. But thank goodness, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us. So love in Jesus is the defining mark of who a true Christian is. And I just love that. And I love that he's expressing this to the church. Yeah. And I, I love all those points and I agree. And I, and for the first four verses, he is basically telling us what he observed about Jesus because of all these false teachings happening. And he describes him. He says, I've seen him. I've heard him. I've touched him. He's real. It was a real body. So 
you know, know what you know. I've told you this before, or you know this when you accepted him as your savior, you knew all this. Now these people are saying, oh, he might've just been a spirit and all that. Reject that truth. That's fake news, right? Fake news. And he's bringing them back. And I, and I keep thinking about that. He also takes them back to, to John 1, 1, which is the other book that he wrote. He reiterates that by saying, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was, and the word was God and the word was with God. And so he's saying, Jesus goes back to the very beginning. Jesus goes back to the very beginning. He is God's son. He was brought here. He was birthed here for a reason. And that is so, and that was to be the light of this world. And now through him, we are the light and we live out this, his calling, which was to love people to the point of death, basically, you know, because he was that sacrifice for us. I loved where when he, like you, when he talked about walking in the light, it's the byproduct of the byproduct of walking in the light is having fellowship with one another. Yes, man. You know, I was talking to somebody about this recently. Community's messy. Let's just say it. Sometimes it and it can be sometimes just really difficult and hard. And I'm not I'm talking about your family. Your family's your community. I'm talking about your friends. Your that's your community. I'm talking about your your church. It can all be messy at times. But boy is it worth it. Boy is it worth it to just do life in the gritty and to let people see your flaws and let people see your sorrows and your joys, have people there walking through it with you. That's that's where the good stuff is and that is a commandment straight from God to love my people. Love my people. Walk in the light and you're not going to have another choice. If you're walking in the light, then you will be in fellowship with the brothers and with the sisters. Walk out of the light, take yourself out of the light. And this can be a choice some days for Christians. I think according to first, second, and third John, if it's a perpetual choice, then you probably weren't in the light, right? Or if it's a habitual choice, but we all can wander out of the light. And then that becomes isolating and we're making poor choices. Why? Because we're not in community. Our community spurs us on. It's scriptural. It's right out of Hebrews. So. When we're walking in community and when we're loving God's people and we're in the light, that's where the good stuff happens, as difficult as it can be. You know, verse nine, man, what a famous verse. I think we've all memorized it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's the gospel, right, Chrissy? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's the gospel. You confess your sins and you confess Jesus, you're in heaven. You're in heaven. He cleanses us. He cleansed you at the cross and he cleansed you at that point of salvation. So that is a famous verse, which, you know, we all love and it's straight out of first John. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Okay. So let's go on to, let's go on to chapter two and let me get that in a nutshell read real quick. If you know God, you must obey him and live as Jesus did. You must also love your Christian brother. Anyone who hates his brother is still walking in darkness. On the other hand, you must not love the world, which is passing away. Nor are you to listen to false teachers, antichrists who deny the son, cling confidently to the truth. Cling confidently to the truth. Okay, let me read verses 1 through 11 here. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. 
And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also the whole world. Now, by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you here, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Okay, so he's saying here, this is not new stuff. This is not new stuff. Remember, it's very important for us to remember when we talk about the law of the Old Testament and grace in the New Testament. Jesus did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. And so he talks a lot about the law. The fulfillment of the law is that now we can do that in freedom, knowing that every time we mess up, that law, we're not going to have to make a blood sacrifice for that or live in guilt or fear. So there's the freedom of the law. Jesus came to fulfill that law that, yes, we still have standards as a Christian. We still have standards as a body of believers. We still want to keep the law, but we know it's not possible. And every situation in the Old Testament reminds us of that. So Jesus came to fulfill the law. And now he's saying, look, it's real easy to keep the law now. If you just love God's people, if you just love God's people like, like Jesus did and, and give yourself for them, meaning don't covet, don't show hatred, don't lie, don't murder, love your parents and honor them. You see how love covers all of that. So I love how this is what he's stressing here is you've got an opportunity to hear, to walk in the light of Christ as believers. Go back to that day that you heard the good news and Jesus Christ came into your heart and overwhelmed you, lavished over you with grace and it made sense in your mind. These naysayers and these people that are coming at you, these false teachers, these antichrists, they're trying to derail you. This is coming from the enemy. Recognize that. Recognize its darkness and remember who and whose you are. You know, it's kind of like we do with our kids, Chrissy. When they come home from school some days and they've learned something at school and you're like, where did you learn that? That's hogwash, you know, or who told mm-hmm. you that? That's not true. We're deprogramming, deprogramming them, right? Or right. when they get too high on themselves, like, oh man, I, I think I'm the star volleyball player or I'm the, this, you know, right. We're like, um, no, no, no. That, you know, we deprogram them a little bit and we bring them back to the reality of the situation. This is what I think I picture him doing here. He's trying right. to deprogram with this letter that's so sincere and loving 
and to remind them, hey, this is who you are. This is who you are. Anyway, what do you what do you know about those those verses? Those commands? No, the two two one through eleven. What did, what did you? Oh, um, the bottom line is it just. <laughs> when you say that love covers all, it really does. If you go back to first Corinthians 13, what does it say? Right. You know, that love is above all. Right. And to me, it was a reminder. The devil has a plan for your life, just like the Lord has a plan for your life. And so what happens is when we walk away from those commands, these boundaries that the Lord has given us, when we walk outside those boundaries, you are now operating on the enemy's territory and you yeah. are doing the things that he has planned for yeah. you. And it's so easy to do. And we don't even realize it because of the world and all the thing the world has to offer that we'll get into in the next little bit that we read. But the world, it's so easy to fall into it. And I think he's reminding them, you know, there's false teachers around telling you false things. Well, there's nothing new under the sun. So guess right. what? False teachers are on the TV. They're on the YouTube. They're all the places yeah. your children are. They're at school. They're everywhere. Yeah. So we have to know the word of God and we have to know what those commands are and stay within those boundaries. It's it's not the law. It's the commandments because I love the Lord so much. I want to walk within his boundaries. Yes. And um, thank goodness that we get forgiven when we mess up because we're going to. But yeah. just remember that the devil has a plan for you too. Yeah, oh, that's like that is good to like remember. The, the enemy okay. is on the prowl. Absolutely. Okay, Lisa, what you want me to read 12 and end where? Let's let's end around 17. So I am in 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. I am writing to you, little children, since your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have conquered the evil one. I have written to you, children, because you become, you have come to know the father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. God's word remains in you, and you have conquered the evil one. Verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away. But the one who does the will of God remains forever. I think I'll stop right there. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. So the beginning of this, he's telling the reasons that he's writing. You know, I'm, I'm telling the little ones, you know, you now know that your sins will be forgiven because your name is written down in the book of life. Fathers, you've come to know uh, that reminded that from the beginning, Jesus was, he is, the word of God will always be. And so he runs through all the different people in the fellowship. Right. And he's reminding them who they are. You have come to know the father. Um, You have become strong. And I love the way he ends this little section. God's word remains in you and you have conquered the evil one. 
And I think that's good to remember that God's word remains in you. This is why it's important to memorize the word of God. This is why it's important to be in the word of God every day, because it remains in you. The more you read it, the more you're going to know it. The more you know it, the more you're going to do the commands that it says, the more it's going to become a part of your life. So just like the Hebrew children that, that, read the Torah, memorize the Torah. They start at age five, they end at 13 and have a big party because they've memorized it. It becomes a part of them. And then it becomes a part of you. So that's what he's saying here. God's word remains in you. The more you know it, the more you study it, the more you practice it, the better off you're going to be. And you will conquer the evil one because the evil one cannot win against the Lord ever, ever, ever. Amen. So I just think it's so, so important. And he's reminding them, you know, here are the things, you know, you have conquered the evil one. I, you know, Jesus has come so that you'll have victory. So remember those things. Then he jumps in to a warning about the world. Tell me what you learned there. And then I'll tell you what I learned. Well, I just loved this part where he's, where he's writing to them saying little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name. I write to you because your sins are forgiven. I write to you because you've known him. I write to you because you have overcome the wicked one. I, it's kind of like if you had a child who was, who had gone away from the Lord or was distant or not walking with the Lord, that's kind of the letter that you would write, right? Absolutely. Let me, yeah. Let me remind you of your salvation experience. Let me remind you of the fruit that I saw in your life. Let me remind you all those things. So I think it's just a sweet, I love all the little children part of this book, because I think it's just such a reflection of John's heart. I can see why Jesus chose him to take care of his mother. He obviously has just a sweet, sweet, tender heart. For but, all people, all ages. Yeah. Yeah. But also just keeping them in the light, keeping them with truth. And then when he talks, your question was, do not love the world. I've always been a little conflicted with this part of scripture because I'm like, well, I love it here. You know, <laughs> like I'm not ready to go to heaven yet. I mean, I am, but I'm not, you know, I, I want to be here. I, I love my family. I love my friends. I love seeing the world. I love teaching our class. You know, we love, 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 right? I think the context here is which do you prefer? Where's your heart, right? Is your heart for God, for his people, for his kingdom, or is it for the things of this world, which truly the prince of darkness reigns, right? That's right. So I think it, don't you think it's that context, Chrissy, or am I off? The love is just, is a strong word for which do you prefer? Like, are you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you, which do you love? Where's your heart? Where's your heart right. on this? Yeah. Right. Right. My deal is, is it said, it goes on to say for everything in the world. And then it has these three categories. Everything in the world, it's lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride in one's possession is not from the father, but is from the world. So yes, I love this place. And yes, I, I love the people. I love the community. I love my life, my family, all those things. Totally yes. agree with you. Yes. But these three things, if you summarize sins in your own life, sins in other people's lives, uh, sins of 
of your children, they all fall in these three, these three categories. Yes. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride in one's possessions. Mm -hmm. And this is not from the father. Mm -hmm. This is not from the father. And it all goes back to Genesis three, which is what I love. Truth upon truth. Right. The lust of her eyes, the lust of Eve's eyes caught that apple. And then Satan immediately stepped in and said, did God really say that? Mm -hmm. Did he really, really say? And that's where we get all tripped up. Mm-hmm. And that's when sin enters. And that's when, you know, mom asks you to take out the trash, but you don't. And not only do you not, she asks you again, you say, I don't want to, you, you know, double down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that simple. Right. Um, and then we've always seen pride in one's possession. There's always, you know, people that have one more, one more, this one more, that one more, one more, one more, one more. And I'll give you an easy example. <laughs> I don't know if they're listening or not, but I'm going to lay it out there. Um, these tennis shoes that are the um, goose, the golden goose. Okay. Golden geese, golden goose. Okay. Do you know about these tennis shoes? Yeah, I know what they okay. are. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I've yeah. got some okay. dupes of them. I've got some so I've been So I've been given a pair. Yeah. And um, in my surroundings, people have pair upon pair upon pair upon pair upon pair upon pair upon, and then they were talking about how many each person had. Oh, wow. It was, it was these possessions and some have 13 to 20 pair. And I'm just sitting Stop. there. I'm sitting there doing my work. I'm not going to say a word, but Lisa, this came to mind that, oh, well, I don't feel so bad that you have 13 because I have 20 or whatever the conversation yeah. was. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's not of the Lord. Yeah. Yes. He gives you money to enjoy pleasures of this world. Yes, he does. But then there's these extremes, right? And then yeah. and you talk about it. So yeah. you really see it in children, yeah. uh, you know, when they're little and they don't know better. Yeah. You know, when I went on this vacation, you know, and this one went to, you know, downtown Dallas and spent the night in a hotel and this one went on a cruise and this one went on a ski trip and this one. So it's, it's just the world. And as much as I love this place and all the wonderful things I get to do and that my family gets to experience these things, the Lord's like, I just can't tolerate it. These are the things that uh, you've sold out to the enemy, not the people that own, do not get me wrong. I don't want to get cards and letters. <laughs> I, have have a, <laughs> I have a real, a real pair. I get it. I love it. I think they're fabulous, but I'm just saying yeah. there comes a point where, yeah. you know, it, it gets ridiculous. Yeah, so. I agree. And that's, that's across the board on anything really um, right. that you obsess about and have to have to right. feel some kind of something, you know? Right. Okay. We're going to have to stop there. Come back and listen to part two, you guys, because uh, we're on a roll. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us. Just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network. And we would love for you to join us there, too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast for parents. And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to Chrissy Dunham 
www.thepartytable.org and click on the party table. You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So God bless you. And thanks again for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Podcast.